everybody welcome back to the lucky doll podcast this is your host elias rush this podcast is sponsored by eliasrushmedia.com photo video digital media production today we are discussing outer banks season two finale whoa we we, we made it so um you may just notice that i've got two videos on outer banks um first one is episodes one through six and the last one is on 10 we did not do every single episode just because of the binge model it's just we we plowed right through it so um i'm assuming you've seen episode uh 10 of the second season at this point if you have not i i would recommend it i wouldn't say it's uh quite as good as the first season um, with the organic storytelling that I think that they had that was really strong in the first season. The second one uh, does have some uh, rocky, rocky waters, rocky waters, rough waters that it has to overcome. Um, I will say I'll be joining for the third season, but my expectations are uh, my, a little bit lower. And season two is kind of what I thought season one was going to be um, with regards of the writing and the storytelling. Um, the contrivances that happen in the second season do kind of hinder it in uh, some manner for me personally with making it feel like some of the characters don't act exactly organic in, in nature. But um, let's go ahead and a little bit more into detail on this episode. This is uh, going to contain spoilers to this final episode. The Coastal Venture, season two, episode 10, directed by Jonas Pate, written by Josh Pate, the brother and uh, Shannon Burke. John B, Pope, JJ and Kiara brace for a showdown on board the ship while Sarah realizes the harsh truth of her distressing family situation. So to kind of round up a little bit, there's a bunch of different plot lines going on throughout the season. You know, they had the Pope and Kiara, they had the the uh, John B and Sarah C. Um, the will they, won't they? They even brought a little bit of the topper into the mix. Um, I will say I thought there was some rocky waters when it came to how John B. and Sarah were treating each other throughout most of the second season. I didn't feel like it was necessarily organic or made 100% sense to how much they had been involved in this series. So with saying that um, I wasn't as big of a fan of these two in this one. It felt way more of a, a young adult novel, uh, young adult adaptation than it did, not novel, but it felt like a young adult ad adaptation for a show than um, something more or less cinematic. And so with saying that, um, I gotta say, let me charge my phone while I'm doing this. Um, so, with saying that, I got to say that um, the Pope and Kiara stuff that is happening throughout this season is kind of rocky as well. I, I addressed it in the um, one of the first episodes when we were covering the episodes one through six. And I was just like, I, I'm not crazy about what they're doing here. And so it felt like Kiara and Pope were way more friends and it was the will they won't they and then they finally did and then it was like she kind of pulls back and then there's just like a whole bunch of stuff that is going on with the the hormones of these kids in this show I know that in real life that they're they're, they're like 30 years old and 25 years old but still it feels I guess I guess it feels right to the age that they're at it just 
it's frustrating to watch at some points. That that was my 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 problem. It, um, and the way this last episode ends, it has them all uh, on the showdown boarding the ship. So throughout the episodes, toward the end of the season, um, they find out that Pope is related to the um, what is his name? What is it, Danny? What is the name, Danny? Oh my gosh, what is his name? I'll find out in a few seconds. Danny, isn't his name Danny? Outer Banks, Netflix. I thought his name was Danny. Anyways, oh, Denmark, sorry, Denmark. I think it's, yeah, Denmark. Is it Denmark Tanny? Okay, so yeah, it is Denmark Tanny, I believe. I, I knew, I, 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 what did I say it was? Uh, <laughs> Danny, yeah, so I, I combined those two names, Denmark Tanny to Danny. Anyways, so we find out uh, in the middle of the season that uh, Pope is related to Denmark Tanny. He was a slave, I believe that was on the royal merchant which had a number of uh, ancient artifacts re with regards of the gold it has these i think it had this really gold cross that was on there as well and um yeah it's all this stuff that john b's father was trying to find as well as ward and this other lady who i couldn't remember her name at, uh, at the beginning when i was covering this her name is um Cara, Carla Lim, Limbry, and she's uh, one of Ward's former associates when trying to find the gold. And so, um, yeah, we, uh, we have a bunch of different uh, plot lines going on. So let's cover the first one with the gold. The, the gold at the beginning of the first, sorry, at the beginning of the second season was what we were going after. Um, Sarah and John B were very interested in getting it. And they end up basically losing it to the Swiss Swiss bank account that the, uh, the police officers end up recovering. So, um, you know, that's unfortunate, but I do kind of feel like they played their hand there and they didn't really make the best decisions. And uh, Sarah almost dying did not help as well. So it really irritated me that we went through this rigmarole of Sarah almost dying, but then on the opposite spectrum, she's trying, she's kind of feeling topper again when Ward is supposedly dead in the middle of the season or for the, for like between the end of the first season and the middle of the second season. Um, she's kind of feeling topper because I don't know, but as soon as Ward is almost back in her life, it may be a little bit sooner. Um, she's starting to feel John B again. And I'm in her going back and forth. I did not feel that that was natural. I understand that she has like some wanting to be, have a, have a normal wife again. Like, I mean, she and Topper were together, I believe at the beginning of her season, but with saying that I was just like, ah, I don't know if you need to completely go back to him. You know, I know that John B is not being exactly uh, written well for her. So it's just like, I don't know exactly what, what the, best course of action would be to be you know 
So anyways, I, the, the will they won't days of this season were not what my favorite parts of this were. Um, I like the, them like having a good rapport, hanging out, all that type of stuff, which kind of made me feel like I was more of a JJ kind of guy this season. Um, having being more of like a JJ kind of guy, I felt like I understood, um, or I just felt like more related to him because no one else felt like they were written to the queue. And so this last episode um, is dealing with them trying to find that cross that was on the Royal Merchant as well, I believe. And they find the cross in like episode eight or nine. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really intense. It's exciting. It's them trying to find, you know, uncover all these clues and stuff like that, like Hardy Boy style and whatnot. And I, I enjoyed all of the, uh, the the mystery stuff is always a lot of fun and them trying to like evade people and all that all that is is really cool um yeah i feel like they really fuck up pope's character i mean in this they they kind of have this small through line of like pope is taking back what is rightfully theirs and it feels a tad bit patronizing in a way, I mean, at one point towards the end of this episode, I'm going to kind of just like talk about this episode and the full season all in one back and forth, just because I'm kind of getting my, my thoughts out. But they do have him do the uh, what looks like the black power fist in the air, which I have, you know, I'm all for it, but it just felt like out of nowhere that he's just like all of a sudden trying to, you know, quote unquote, reclaim what's his. And, I, and it, technically it is his because, uh, it was his grandfather's or whatever, great grandfather's, but it just felt really cringy in a way. And I, I couldn't really exactly uh, put it, put my hand on it. And so put my finger on it. But um, so anyways, they are on this ship. The Camerons are on this ship. The Pogues are in the shipping container for about over half the last episode. And John B is trying to save Sarah and Cleo happens to be on this ship as well. She's working a ship. Uh, it's like a shipping container ship, a cargo container ship. And, um, and they have this gold half a billion dollar cross on the ship and Rafe and his mother or his stepmother and Wheezy are all on the ship as well. And so it creates a really interesting scenario. And uh, of course, we're ending the, the season on a ship again. But um, my, only bit, my only critique about it would be maybe that it felt like they were stuck in this shipping container for a little bit too long. But, um, there, you know, there's some fun action of them trying to, uh, uh, to evade everybody that's on the ship. And it's uh, thrilling and entertaining for, for what it is. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else specific, you know, Pope runs into Cleo. They kind of had this like, you know, Oh, you know, John B. I know John B. We're helping John B kind of thing. Um, and then uh, Sarah runs into um, her father and we basically, I mean, she, so Sarah is drugged at the end of season, sorry, at the end of episode nine and forced onto this boat 
And when she wakes up, she sees her father, Ward. And he is, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I had to, you know, I had to, um, I had to fake my death. So we, it was the only way we could all be together and stuff like that. And uh, I kind of had a feeling at one point that Ward was going to be alive. I wasn't 100% sure, but I was like, there's something in the back of my mind that felt like we didn't see the body. And there is some like parts that we see of the stepmother. I don't remember. Is it Rose? Is Rose the stepmother? Um, Cameron's. I don't know what Ward's. Wheezy. Monic ropes. Widow of Man. Deputy Plum. I don't know Key's mother. I don't know where Sarah Cameron, Figure Eight, Kooks, Pope Hayward. I don't see Mrs. Cameron. I don't see Mrs. Cameron's uh, name on here. Wow, I, I can't find it. Anyways, so Mrs. Cameron. Yeah. Um, what were what were you saying? So, anyways, so Mrs. Cameron gets like this letter in the mail, and we are like, "What the hell's going on?" She like drops to her knees, and I think that's when she finds out what the actual plan is. But Rafe knew about it the whole time, and at the end of season one, I believe he's acting like his father is like dead and stuff like that. I know that I don't think there's any confirmation, and I'm. I'm trying to see if this was like a rewrite at first. I wonder if they had had this plan the entire time, but um, that's just kind of my two cents. I do feel like Rafe and his father are so reckless in this season. Um, Ward especially is just like, does not give a shit. He is, um, you know, Ward is trying to eliminate all the footsteps that all the things that would, track him back to what what he's done in the past year all the way back to john b's father and whatnot um but yeah so it's it is a hell of a last episode so long story short um you know uh the pogues are trying to take on everybody on the ship and take sarah back as well as um getting the the cross as well the cross ends up being the being something they have to let go. Pope is almost about to get the cross. The cross is like dangling from the um, from the the ship on a crane over the water, and it's like he has one or two options. And there's this uh, Pope is trying to put the, the the cross on this like lifeboat that is on the side of the. The, con uh, the container ship that all the pogues are in trying to save everybody but um it ends up becoming either the cross or his friends and so pope's like you know if i can't have it nobody can have it and he drops the drops the thing down and um oh yeah and uh what's his face um rafe i was trying to think of his name rafe grabs the uh <laughs> So anyway, uh, let me cancel this. Okay, so whenever Pope is 
like dangling the the thing above the water he's uh the the cross above the water he's like really making a decision of like you know was is it greed is it this or is it my friends you know it's one or the other kind of thing he has to make a choice and so he drops the cross into the water and he's like i'm sorry denmark but nobody can get it and then Rafe is like trying to grab onto this rope and this this cross weighs like uh, a couple hundred pounds at least and so it's like pulling Rafe off the side of the ship. I was like, holy shit, Rafe is literally going to go down with this cross trying to save it because he's greedy. It's straight up the uh, uh, the Last Crusade, isn't that? You know, when he, uh, Indiana Jones is trying to grab the, uh, uh, the the goblet or something like that. It's either the goblet or, or, or life, that kind of thing. You know, and it might cost you in life. So anyways, um, the Camerons and the ship end up being able to save the cross from going all the way really deep into the waters and um pope the pogues and his friends all jump on um uh all all jump on the lifeboat and escape from the cargo ship and rafe has a chance to really unload a, a gun all into the the pokes because the uh, motor stalls for a second and he just decides not to which is kind of showing a little bit of growth but um yeah there's uh, a lot uh, on top of that i forgot to mention that john b and ward start fighting when ward starts slapping around sarah you're just like this guy this guy's gotta go you know and um uh what's it john b and him have a you know knocked out smacked down he's like and then um, what's his face? Ward's just like, you know, John B, I think I understand now. And John's like, Ward's like, Pff. and slap in the back of his head hits like the metal on uh, the ship. And it's like the same thing that Ward did to John B's father. And John B is about to chuck fucking Ward off the damn shipping container <laughs> ship. And, uh, uh, right in front of his daughter it's like oh that's gonna be you know, that's gonna cause for a little bit of awkward tension but uh you know the the ward at that point i think he was not only slapping sarah but he was like he's like joking he's like sarah tell me what to do i don't know he's he's like he's i don't even know what to describe he was just like choking sarah for absolutely just like no reason i know that he's just like losing his shit so it's just like what the fuck's going on <laughs> so anyway john b was justified just to say that um but it's probably a good thing that he didn't kill him because we don't really want john b to be a murderer just that that's going to be a lot to handle on on his plate um anything else that we need to discuss um basically the pogues are still broke um I do feel like everyone's name is cleared at the end of this season. Um, they might have some stuff on their, on their plate. Um, I do feel like there's a little bit of contrivances when people are like tracked down in by the police. There's in the middle of the season, I know this is kind of random, but in the middle of the season when all the pogues are with John B and John B is john bean john b is tracked down to a specific point it's like none of the pogues get in any trouble for helping him evade 
um, the law at all. And there's like a lot of laws that are broken and stuff like that. I know that's just kind of, you have to like yada, yada, but that was where the, some of the contrivances were as well as the relationship plot holes that were really bugging me at points um, that I just thought that I didn't like how Kiara was written in this entire season. Kiara was one of my favorites in the first season and the when it came to um the second season they really made her just so whiny i felt like she was making dumb decisions from the first episode she's leaving pope on and then deciding to kind of go back on it and then then kind of going back is is the will they won't they kind of thing and on top of her acting ridiculous in front of her parents, I talked about this in the, the original, the first uh, review I did, that she's just like ridiculous to her folks. And she's basically sealed the deal for third season that she's going to be sent somewhere to be, um, you know, like, what's, what's it called? Like homeward bound or whatever the hell that is, or outward bound, outward bound. Is that what it is? You get thrown in the middle of the, uh, woods and you have to live for like a month or something like that on a granola bar <laughs> i don't know my uh my brother had to do that shit he told me it was crazy he they they drop you in the middle of the woods and they tell you to basically live off the the land and you, you got to go to a certain point and you you win i guess i don't know it's not like you win or lose it's just like a, a mind building exercise for people that are you know had I've had some trouble back in the day or something like that. And I don't really know if that really helped my brother. I know it definitely made him see some perspective, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be interesting if that's what they're going to do to Kiara in next, uh, the next episode, uh, the next season. So yeah. Um, anything else we need to find out or that we need to talk about? So there's a twist at the very end that I didn't really talk about, which is one of the lowest points of not the lowest points it's a part that i didn't was not really crazy about the season it was the Car carla limbley limbry um character she was the ward's former associate that was basically extorting pope and the pogues and uh beating up pope's family and kind of giving really racially and super insensitive remarks and so, stuff like that and um and then Renfield ends up getting shot by Ray for, sorry, Renfield ends up getting shot by, by Carla, I think, but then Rafe doesn't help her up. Yeah. I think that, I think that was how the, um, how the crossover went. Whenever there's two sections of bad guys, normally one of the bad guys is going to betray the other one. So um, let me see what else we got. I've enjoyed the uh, Drew Starkly as Rafe Cameron. The dude is acting insane, and they keep season two definitely needs to be called like I think there's something wrong with Rafe because the dude is is on one. Um, but I, I really like his like troubled uh, performance, and uh, it feels real as well as uh, what is his name? Uh, the one guy that always calls him. Barry, his drug dealer, uh, uh, he was pretty funny. I, I like Barry. He's um, he's always calling him country club and shit like that. Um, so yeah, there's this twist with Carla Limley's character throughout the entire season. I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, 
but then she comes back at the very end and she knocks on someone's door. She's like, Hey, I need to see him or whatever. And she goes to this like porch and this guy turns around and I was kind of un, it wasn't like a, Oh, it was like a, Oh, you know? Um, and it was the reveal that John B's father is still alive. I just had a feeling the entire time his father was still alive. I never really felt like he was dead just because they were kind of, they just kept telling us that, but not really showing us that. And we kind of see his father like marooned on an Island at some point, but we don't exactly see where he is. So it's going to create a different dynamic having big John B in there or big John. Um, back into the story i hope that they're able to kind of smooth out some of these i don't know what what, how exactly to call them but smooth out these plot contrivances that really were irritating me stuff such as like the kiara just kind of like you don't understand me you don't understand pogue life and all these opportunities you're giving me i just don't want to you know, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, that's not a good um, excuse. Oh, my goodness. And, um, you know, these side characters, like, uh, I like Wheezy, I, I, the Wheezy Cameron character. She's hilarious. She's kind of a smart ass against uh, Rafe. And she's always, she feels like the audience sometimes. The audience surrogate for trying how we feel a lot of the time. Um, let me see what else we got. Mm, I think we got about it there were small scenes in the second season that i appreciated um small things and scenes like the the part where sarah dies and the doctor's in there and or the vet guy i don't remember exactly what he was he's like you know you know it's up you know time's up we can't do it she we're not going to save her that kind of thing and then it goes from that to you know john b just breaking down whoops john b just breaking down right in front of her um while she's basically dead on the table for a little bit and it's one of the longest scenes i've seen somebody just be dead on a table and then come back um i mean there's it's kind of a trope for that to happen a lot you know they they, you know they say i love you and then they kiss them on the lips and then all of a sudden you know the kiss brings them back it's like um we've seen that a million times but i thought that was a good scene I, i thought that was a good one um anything else uh trying to think of uh there were a couple good scenes uh trying to think off the top of my head between uh rafe and mrs cameron rafe and mrs cameron every, almost all of those scenes i was like this this feels almost a little bit too real i was like i <laughs> i felt physically uncomfortable being in the room when they were when rafe is just like doing a whole bunch of blow and and she's just like she's like rafe can you just calm down real quick he's like <laughs> It's like, oh my God, can you want to drink it easy, man? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, let's see what else we got. Topper. It was a uh, Topper. Okay. So, 
I think what we're going to do with Topper is he's going to be the character that we have in most seasons that we hate at the very beginning. And then we kind of find out a little bit more about him that he's maybe not such a bad guy, maybe not such a bad guy, maybe not such a bad guy. And then once we find out all that exposition about, you know, who he really is, um, we didn't find out that much about him this season, but I could see next season him really turning a, uh, turning a leaf and uh, because because he was the one that basically was saved Sarah from being choked by uh, Rafe like Rafe nearly kills Sarah at one point in the middle of the season and uh, Topper's the one to be there to save the day and I was really glad that he was there um, mostly just because it's an interesting character to have there and so I could easily see I know Topper and Sarah try to have something in the middle of the season but then Sarah kind of wishy-washies goes back to John B at one point, kind of. Um, I know she says, like, I'm not here because of you. I'm here because of Pope, and I need to see the gold. Or, you know, I got information on the gold and stuff like that. It's like, she's there for John B. And, um, yeah, that's established later. But anyways, uh, yeah, I thought it was quite, uh, quite, the season. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I was recording. I would have been so <laughs> upset. Oh, goodness. So, um, yeah. Uh, let me see what else. Anything else? I think that's just about it. Rafe's friend. Uh, Rafe's friend. Uh, not much to say about him. Still liked a lot of the cinematography uh, that was happening throughout this show camera work is is still very smooth i like having the long takes the long interesting takes the wide shots the different uh not just like the a a a roll b roll kind of thing you know stuff like manifest i keep coming back to manifest with how boring that show is shot it's like they have a three camera or two camera setup and that's it and it's they cut between three different things and they're done and we're done with the scene. I feel like Alder Banks at least is still attempting to put in really high quality work and get interesting shots with uh, a lively cast. And they're young enough to continue to, you know, run around and still be agile with all this shit. So um, I'm really, I'm really anxious to, or I'm excited to see another season of this. Like I said, this was not as strong as the first season. It's not quite a season two slump. It's more just like really rocky because I think there are high points and I think there are like low points too. But um, let's continue to see how it is, uh, how it pans out. I will say that I saw some interesting stuff on here that um, this was originally supposed to be uh, shot in Wilmington, North Carolina, but because of the HB2 bathroom bullshit that they had um that they said we're gonna shoot in charleston so they might actually just only be shooting in charleston the whole time um let me see anything else oh yeah i also saw um i don't remember if i mentioned this in the first uh in either of the other uh, reviews a north carolina teacher an author named Kevin Wooten filed a lawsuit against Netflix and the creators of Outer Banks, claiming they stole the plot of his novel, Pennywise, The Hunt for Blackbeard's Treasure. Let's kind of see what this is, honestly. I wanted to Pennywise and The Hunt for Blackbeard's Treasure. Let's see what the premise is for that. 
Is this it? Uh, let's see. Okay, this is what it, this is the, uh, this is the synopsis for Pennywise and the hunt for Blackbeard's treasure. I'm just interested in this to see if it actually sounds like the premise for um, Outer Banks. So in Pennywise here. In May of 1718, Edward Teach, also known to the pirating world as Blackbeard, led a long blockade of Charlestown Harbor, um, today known as uh, Charleston, South Carolina. His only demand was a chest of medicine. After having his demands met, he sailed north with his uh, flo flotilla. And what is a flotilla? All right. Come on now, let's use English. Uh, it's a boat. It's with a fleet, a, a flotilla is a fleet of boats. Um, into Beaufort Inlet, where he scuttled the Queen Annie's Revenge, handpicked a crew, and left the rest on a sandbar. Six months after the chest, after receiving the chest from Charlestown, Edward Teach was killed off the coach, coast of Ocracoke. Uh, North Carolina. The story doesn't end there. This was no ordinary chest, and it wasn't a chest of medicine. Blackbeard could have sacked any town on the East Coast and procured a chest of medicine. This was a chest that dated back to the first century and made its way to America on a Templar ship. This was a chest that could change the world. Benjamin and Nathan Pennywise, along with their uncle, Odaway Burns discover a clue while driving while diving off the coast of Ocracoke that takes them on an adventure spanning two continents. They must outwit a sinister group of treasure hunters who will stop at nothing to to hold to lay hold to the chest. So they use its contents to further their agenda. Pennywise, the hunt for Blackbeard's treasure is a fast-paced adventure that will leave you questioning recorded history. Huh. It does have kind of like a, a splash of the same premise. I'm not sure if he has a case, though. Those types of, you know, copywriting um, infringement type things and fair use are just very difficult to use, especially when it's weaving and woven into... Uh, possibly possibly historical fic not fictional historical fiction i guess like loose historical fiction um i don't know but let me know what y'all thought about outer banks season two let me know what y'all thought about this little penny mark uh, lawsuit they have possibly having to deal with um i don't think that's going to deter them from doing a season three at this point but um, yeah, let me know what you thought about season two, uh, Outer Banks. Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know how to improve. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash podcast to, uh, join all of the subscription levels. One dollar, two devil, two, two devil, one dollar, two dollar or five dollar. The one dollar will get you, uh, movies that have been reviewed that are over five years old. We're getting ready to review the matrix. Oh my gosh. That was a fucking awesome movie. I just watched the first movie two nights ago and the second movie last night i'm getting ready to do the reviews we're going to get them first on the patreon.com slash lucky dog podcast 
Um, Lookitoutpodcast.com obviously has all of the library, the Patreon links, all the social medias, everything you need is right there. So take it easy. Pogues for life.